like that. You I was going to wait till that. Wednesday it's to record this, but uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show, and uh, we're excited to be here today. We di- I didn't really expect to be here today, but after scrolling on social media for the past however many, like 10 minutes or so, I need to record something. I need to record something. So before we get into everything we're going to talk about, make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account being The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. It should pop up. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. You can check out blog posts and add other podcast links on all those forms of social media. Or else you can check out po- podcast posts or old podcast episodes is on the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, search Logan Blackman Show. And if you're listening right now and you're not sure if you're following or subscribed, make sure you do that. Make sure you do that. I'll give you five seconds. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, now you're subscribed. And then while you're at it, make sure make sure to leave a rating out of five stars or wait till after the show. Wait till after the show. If you want to leave a rating out of five stars, it can be about an individual episode. It can be about the show in general. It can be about me, the host. It can be about anything you want. It doesn't even need to include the show. Maybe you're like, man, someone cut me off today. And I'm mad. So you know what? I'm gonna make your day terrible. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a one-star rating. Now I would love a five-star rating on every single episode I've done. But I know when all episodes aren't created equal, like last Wednesday. I hated last Wednesday's episode with a burning passion. <laughs> Friday's episode was a lot better when Jared came on. It was a lot better than Wednesday's episode. I thoroughly enjoyed Friday's episode. But you know, not every episode can be a really good one. Not every episode can be an absolute banger. Not every episode can be included with things that I am overtly thrilled to talk about, like what we're gonna do right freaking now, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. First off, I would just like to give a round of applause. A round of applause, to Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, second Super Bowl in what was the last one? Second Super Bowl in four years, I think. Is that is that right? Second Super Bowl in four years. Because Mahomes has gone to five AFC Championship games in a row, won two Super Bowls. He lost the first one he was into the Patriots. Won the second one, they beat the Niners. And then they lost to the Bengals. All right, no, there was one other one in there. They beat the they beat someone else in one of those and lost to the, the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Then lost to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, the one this year, and then, you know, win the Super Bowl. So Super Bowl 57, because remember, we learned Roman numerals a couple weeks ago to talk about the Super Bowl. And to be 100% honest, we're going to go over the game. And there's obviously something that we could talk about to start off, but we're going to talk about the game itself first off. As a game as a whole, and we are talking about the entire 58 minutes of the game, we are talking and having a legit conversation about this being one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. This Super Bowl was really, really fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like the first, the start of the game. It started off so freaking fast. The Eagles marched right down the field and scored. And what was funny about that first drive of the game is I was with I was at my friend Alex's place, his parents' place. We had a few other friends there as well. No Chiefs fans, at least from my friend group that were there. There were some Chiefs fans upstairs. I don't know how strong their loyalties were to the Kansas City Chiefs at that point. But uh, like Alex's dad was wearing a Winchester jersey because that's the long snapper. And their last name is Winchester, so he got the jersey. I don't know if like the legitness of their Chiefs fandom is there, but you know what? He supported a family member. <laughs> I don't know if they're related, but it's always funny to say that. But, like, we, Alec wanted me to go over, I, don't, I think it was on DraftKings. He wanted me to make bets about, like, specific things that were going to go happen in the game, like scores. Like, who's going to score? So, in, my, in the bet that we made, I had predicted that Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, and I threw a flyer on Kenneth Gainwell 
to score a touchdown. And then for the Chiefs side, I think I had like Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Isaiah Pacheco. I think those are my two for the Chiefs. And then I went further and put on Dallas Goddard to score the first touchdown of the game. In all, in a $5 bet, we would have won $5,000. Alex said he was going to split with me. So when I say we, it is because we, because he said he was going to split with me. I don't know if he would have. I don't know if he would have. But he, he said he would. He said he would. But um, the first drive of the game happened. Dallas Goddard catches that big ta- big pass, like a 15-yard gain or something like that. And then the Eagles go all the way down to the, the goal line. And Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell scores. And I'm like, what? How much more money would we have won if Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell... If I said Kenneth Gainwell was going to score the first touchdown of the game, how much more money would we have won had I said that was going to happen? And then it turns out he was short. So we were saved. I was like, oh, oh, Kenneth, thank you for not scoring on that play. It would have really sucked if I did have Kenneth Gainwell scoring on the first drive of the game. But he ended up getting marked a little bit short. But I was like, okay, Alec, it's a first down. It's a first down. Maybe they're going to try something different here. And then they do a quarterback sneak. And Jalen Hurts scores the first touchdown of the game. And... When I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of predictable. It's kind of predictable, especially when they uh, had Dallas Goddard split up like they were going to do that kneel at the victory formation at the end of the game. Like That's what the formation looked like before they just yammed Jalen Hurts right out the frickin' middle and he scored a touchdown. Very gut-wrenching feeling. Very gut-wrenching feeling. Like, the three, two of the three people I predicted to score a touchdown in the game for the Eagles scored on that first drive of the game. It doesn't matter if it counted or not. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it counted. The fact that they did it, is ridiculous enough. And then Jalen Hurts would go on to score three more or two more touchdowns the rest of the game, have three rushing touchdowns the game. I think it's the third the most rushing touchdowns and the most yards of any quarterback through the 57 Super Bowls in NFL history. The only quarterback to that record for yards and touchdowns in the game for Jalen Hurts. Like as a whole, Jalen Hurts played a pr- damn near perfect game. Now we're going to talk about what why that not considered perfect in a little bit. But then the Chiefs get the ball, and uh, the Chiefs march right down the field. I think the Chiefs played like they might have ran like five plays that first drive or something like that, maybe five plays. Like, it was so, like, so easy. Like, both drives for both teams. Like, the Eagles had some struggles. Like, there was some third down spread out throughout that game, throughout that first drive of the game. Like, Devontae Smith got absolutely decked by Justin Reed on, the, on one of the plays in that drive. But the Chiefs marched right down the field, and it was easy. And Travis Kelsey burnt, and I mean burnt. I uh, was it Chauncey Gardner Johnson that he burnt on the touchdown, like wide ass open, wide 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 ass open. And I, I shouldn't say wide ass open. The Chiefs had two other touchdowns of the game that were wide ass open. That one was just open. Travis Kelsey absolutely burnt him off the line of scrimmage, so it was open, but it wasn't like an astronomical amount of yards between Kelsey and the nearest defender. There was about like three four yards, which is still open. For the NFL, if you get a yard of separation, that's open. So I shouldn't say it was wide-ass open. He was open, but easy drive. Easy drive. Chiefs did absolutely not, nothing really struggled in that drive. Hell, they didn't even get past second down. It went first down, second down, first down, second down, first down, second down, touchdown. <laughs> that's what it was. Six plays. First down, second down, first down, second down, first down, second down, and then that second down resulted in a touchdown. Like, they were moving the ball every single play. The drive was like, oh, we are in for an instant classic here, ladies and gentlemen. And then the next drive, Eagles go three and out punt. Next drive, uh, Harrison Butker misses a field goal. Doinks it right off the upright. And I was sitting there as a cynical Bills fan, and I was a, a dying hatred for the Chiefs because I live in the state of Iowa. I was like, man, wouldn't it just be hilarious if the Chiefs lost by three points? 
We'll come back to that in a little bit. But then the Eagles go down and score a touchdown. Five plays. Or six plays. Yeah, five plays. I don't have my glasses on. Sorry. They got five plays. March right down the field scored. And then Chiefs punt. And then uh, Jalen Hurts fumbles. And this is where the non almost perfect, not perfect game came into play because uh, the fumble touchdown. Scoop scored by the Kansas City Chiefs. And that play was just... I don't know what you really want to call it. It was just a mess. Like, he dropped it himself. It's not like anybody on the Chiefs punched the ball. He tried to switch hands with the ball and tuck it into his right to try... Because, you know, when you're taught from a young age, when you're playing football, when the defender's coming from one side and you have the ball in that hand, you'd like to try and switch it to the other side. Like, you ran drills in that all the way through high school. You ran it in college as well. Like, you just switch the ball to where you're taught from a very young age. And Jalen Hurts tried to do that, but he didn't get a firm grasp on the ball. Ended up just flat out dropping the ball. That's the second straight week where the Kansas City Chiefs were involved where a quarterback just flat out dropped the ball. We can remember Travis or Patrick Mahomes dropping it last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Back-to-back weeks. You barely saw this the entire year. Let alone the guys who finished first and second in the MVP races here. Dropping the ball just without anybody touching him. <laughs> now, Jalen Hurts didn't have somebody touch him, but it didn't touch the ball. It didn't affect the, the trajectory of the ball, and they just scooped the score. Nick Bolton, I believe, picked it up and scored it. And, uh, yeah, then it was like, okay, 14-14, we're getting interesting, and the Eagles march right down the field and score. 12 plays, long drive, long methodical drive. The Eagles had a perfect game plan to start the game off. They went down the field, ran very smart, methodical drives. They didn't try to go ultra-conservative. They were conservative, but not ultra-conservative. Like They ran their plays that they've ran the entire year, but they were just working so well. Everything was so methodical. Everything just worked. And the the... The Chiefs punted after that drive, and then they kick a field goal and win. Or the, to win, to win the first half, which we'll talk about. Yeah, they definitely won the first half because that's all that matters in the Super Bowl, right? But that first half, the Chiefs didn't do anything that was like, oh, they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. It was like, it was a good game. But I texted my dad at halftime. It was like, other than the fumble six, which is something that uh, one of our Bills backers, we'll call him a friend. We'll call him a, we'll call him a friend. When he watches the game, every time on defense, he just yells, pick six, fumble six. He yells it all the time, and it's pick six, fumble six. I've never heard someone in my entire life use the phrase fumble six before until my friend at Cake Stand, where we watch the Bills games, starts saying it. And Brady, who's been on the show before, big-time Chiefs fan, and I talked to him after the game. I, he wasn't with us during this. He was with his parents, which is what, exactly what I've been doing, what I, what I would have been doing, watching with my dad. I would have gone over to the friend's house. We'll talk about Brady in a little bit. We'll go further in depth on Brady here in a little bit. But Brady texts me. <laughs> it talks about the fumble six. He says, your, your friend and Bill, I don't have my phone. I, I'm charging my phone right now. I, I didn't really plan on recording anything. So I went to go charge my phone, brush my teeth. And I was like, well, to be honest, I'm not going to fall asleep. Like, if I laid down right now, when am I probably going to fall asleep? Around the same time that I would get done recording this. So it's like, I'm going to be awake regardless. Might as well just record something. And he texted me about it. I was like, oh, yeah, he probably had an accident in his pants <laughs> watching that <laughs> unfold live in front of him. It actually happened. A fumble six. It happened. We never see that happen. And it happened in a Super Bowl. It was ridiculous. Untouched. Nick Bolton ran to the end zone untouched. Other than that, nothing really went in the Chiefs' favor in that first half. I mean, he had the touchdown on the first drive. Then he had the missed field goal punt and another punt. And then the fumble six. And that's pretty much it. Like, their drives weren't even, like, long drives. Like, their, their drives in the first half, like, the Eagles had a drive of 11 plays and 12 plays in the first half. Their third longest drive of the first half was eight plays, which was when they got the field goal before halftime, 
would have been the longest drive the Chiefs had the entire half. The Chiefs' drives read as this. Six plays, seven plays, three plays, and five plays. Hell, even the the Eagles' fumble drive had six plays. So the drive where they fumbled the ball the Chiefs picked up and scored was their, the Chief, would have been the Chiefs' joint second-most plays of a drive the entire first half. Like, the Eagles just kept the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. And we flash back like we did all the all last week. I don't remember if we did it on Jared's show, but we talked about it during the week. And when I was on Cole and Company on Friday, we talked about it then. You look at what these Super Bowls, like, everybody's like, oh, we're, what do you call it? Uh, what do you, it's not this, but, like, what have you done for me lately type thing. Where you look at what these two teams have done leading up to this point, and you go like, oh, the Eagles, have they played the toughest teams they could have played? Like, if they played the 49ers at full strength, would the game have been different? Like, maybe they still would have won, but the game would have been different. They weren't going to win that game 31-7. Regardless of who was the quarterback, they had a quarterback that could throw the football. They're not losing that game 31-7. They might have still lost, but 31-7 is different. But the Eagles dominated the Giants and dominated the 49ers. And they come into the Super Bowl like everybody's expecting them to win. Or at least a lot of people out there. And I kept telling people, like, hey, we go back to the 1990 Super Bowl, 1990-1991 Super Bowl with the Bills-Giants. The Buffalo Bills, in that playoffs, beat the Oakland Raiders. Or maybe they were the L.A. Raiders. I can't remember if they were the L.A. Raiders still at that time. Beat the Raiders 51-3. The Giants beat the 49ers 15-13 and won on a last-second field goal. Who do you think won that Super Bowl? If you didn't know what happened... Who do you think won that Super Bowl? The team that won by 48 points or the team that had to take a last-second field goal to win a game and scored 15 points in that game? Who do you think would have won the Super Bowl? Like, if you flipped their numbers around, that equals the Bills' score. Like, it's not even close. You would not go into that game thinking that, oh, the Buffalo Bills are going to lose the Super Bowl and lose the way they did. The Eagles absolutely dominated. Like, we talked about the entire season. The Eagles had a very easy schedule, but, and there's a big but, they're dominating teams. It's not like they're going through the season, like, struggling against these little teams. Like, you look at what the Minnesota Vikings did for portions of the season. You look at a team like that. Like, a team with a good record, but they're struggling against teams they should be putting away relatively easily. Like, the Eagles were going into games against teams they should kill and killed them. Now, they had games, like, against the Commanders, where they should have won and didn't. I'm not going to include the two games they didn't have Jalen Hurts because that makes things completely different. But for the most part, when the Eagles had a game against a lesser opponent, they dominated them. They didn't put any doubt in anybody's mind that they were the better football team. And they have a lot of really good players. I think they had nine Pro Bowlers this year, which, is, I mean, again, does not really mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. But the fact that they still had players that people consider to be up there to a certain extent is somewhat impressive. But again, we're not holding a whole lot of weight in the Pro Bowl. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, yes, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL because they had nine Pro Bowlers or whatever. I don't know exactly what number of Pro Bowlers they had, but that's not important right now. It's not really important right now. But they were dominating. And you come into that Super Bowl, and the Eagles dominated the first half. There's no other way to really put it in how that first half went. Other than the fumble six, the Chiefs did nothing that was like, that team is going to go on and win a Super Bowl. Like, you had that feeling in the back of your head. You're like, oh, it's going to be a good second half. I mean, there's two good teams. There's two best teams in the NFL. Chiefs are banged up, but as long again, we've said this the entire freaking season. As long as they got Patrick Mahomes, they'll be fine. As long as they have Patrick Mahomes, they'll be fine. Like, when they traded Tyreek Hill, Bart Scott on ESPN literally said the Kansas City Chiefs will not make the playoffs. It's like, you forget they have Patrick Mahomes. And not just Patrick Mahomes, you have Travis Kelsey. You have a very solid offensive line. You have Andy freaking Reid. 
Like, they're going to be fine. They drafted a lot of really good pieces on defense that are making significant impacts early on. The likes of Trent McDuffie, Brian Cook, George Kalaftis are making impacts early on in their careers. Really, teams like the Bills, who have the same record as the Chiefs and beat the Chiefs this year, their rookies are barely seeing the field. Like, this is a similar situation that the Bills and Chiefs find themselves in. But yeah, the Chiefs are making it work. Because this is, again, the coaching thing is very important. Having Steve Spagnola there is very big. And look at these young players. They're balling out. Maybe not balling out like, oh, they're going to be first-team all-rookie players. But they're playing well. Trey McDuffie got absolutely lit up by Jason Kelsey in this game. And he got beat by the, for the touchdown by A.J. Brown. But that was pretty much, like, throughout the season, he's had a very solid season. I'm not going to say he was, like, perfect or great or anything, but he was decent throughout the season. And you come into the Super Bowl and you get beat up in the second, the first half, pretty much. I don't care how dire of a Chiefs fan you are. I don't think there's a lot of people there that were, like, ooh, especially Brady, who's a very pessimistic fan, like myself. Brady and I are kind of cut from the same cloth when it comes to supporting our teams. Very similar. Very, very similar. Very pessimistic fans. And I again, I wasn't with Brady watching the Super Bowl. But I can imagine where he was mindset-wise watching this Super Bowl. If that fumble didn't get returned for a touchdown, we might be talking about this game a little bit differently. We might be looking at this game where the Eagles are absolutely routing them in the first half. And the second half starts. And the Chiefs go down and score on every single drive in the second half. And what they didn't do in the first half is exactly what they did in the second half and had long-ass drives. They had a 10-play drive the first drive, 9-play drive, last drive of the game, 12 plays. You combine their first four drives of the first half. You have 6, 7, 3, and 5. You have a grand total of, what, 21 plays in the first half alone. They had 19 in their first two drives of the second half. That's a mindset change. And people want to go into, like, oh, what was said at halftime? I don't really think there's anything said at halftime. I don't think Andy Reid went into halftime tearing Patrick Mahomes' new asshole about, like, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing why? We need to do this. We need to do that. No, I think they just sat there. The thing that this team does is that they've been here before. They've been there, done that. They have great players. They have great coaches. They know what to do. It's not like this moment is too big for the Kansas City Chiefs. They've been to two Super Bowls. They've been to five straight AFC Championship games. They have been in big moments throughout the past Patrick, the Patrick Mahomes era, they've been in big moments their entire time. The spotlight has been on them the entire freaking time. This moment's not big enough for not big for them. They're not going to sit there like, guys, what the hell is going on out there? I guarantee that didn't happen. I gar- I'm willing to bet all the money in my bank account that did not happen. I'm not saying that's like a, a million dollars or something like that, but I guarantee that didn't happen. That's not how a lot of locker rooms work. It's kind of like, you know what you need to do? Go out in there and fix it. I, I'm i willing to bet that's what was said at halftime. Especially we got Mahomes. You got a lot of leaders on this team, too. Players that were in the last Super Bowl they were in. The Eagles had, like, I think six players, six or seven players, go from the last Super Bowl to this one. New quarterback, new coach, knew a lot of players on this team versus the last one. They haven't been there. Mahomes won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid won a Super Bowl as a head coach. The enemy, I'm pretty, he was the OC of that Super Bowl team, right? And then you've got freaking Steve Spagnola. Been there, done that. Been to a Super Bowl. None of the Eagles coordinators won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts hadn't won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Patrick Mahomes has. 
Dallas, Dallas Goddard, was he on the Super Bowl team when Nick Foles was there? Or was he drafted after that? I don't really remember. Regardless, this moment was not too big, and they proved that in the second half. They proved that and came back all guns blazing. And the Eagles' defense, which looked formidable in this first half, looked like a freaking peewee football team in the second half. Chiefs did literally whatever they wanted on them. And the Eagles, what they did early on in the second half, they had a 17-play drive in the first drive. And settled for a field goal. Like, these drives in the first half versus the second half were completely different. Like, like 19 plays in the first two drives with the Chiefs versus 21 in the entire first half. And you got the Eagles running a 17-play drive, and you're like, okay, they're being smart. They're being smart, but the Chiefs go down and score, and you can't after the Chiefs score to go up 27-28, you cannot go three and out the next drive and get seven yards and burn less than two minutes. And the Chiefs go right down the field and score. Because Kadarius Tony had an insane punt return that got him all the way down to the five. Because he had absolutely no coverage on the punt, re- punt return. And there was another wide-open touchdown. That one was wide open. I believe that was Sky Moore, I think, was that touchdown. Was Sky Moore that one? Or no, it was Kadarius Tony. That was Kadarius Tony. Sky, which one was Sky Moore? So Pacheco was the first one. So P- Sky Moore was the third one. He was okay. Sky Moore was the punt return one. Sky Moore was the one who got the punt return touchdown, or not punt return touchdown, but touchdown after the punt return. If that makes any sense. And uh, yeah, it, the the second half of the Chiefs was the first half. Of the Chiefs were completely different teams. You could say the same thing about the Eagles' defense, which was. One of the tops in the league. You had like a Son Reddick who was a non-factor like 99% of the game. Like you point out Hassan Reddick who had 16 sacks, finished second in the defensive year vote. Defensive player of the year vote. Nowhere to be seen. I Did his, did his name get said at any point throughout the game? The Chiefs offensive line gave up zero sacks the entire game. The entire freaking game the refs let him play. The entire game the refs let him play. There was no, not any real big penalty calls. Like, the Eagles had a few false starts, but that was pretty much it, if I remember correctly. Like, I don't really think there was anything massive that happened. I remember the Chiefs, like, on Jalen Hurts' fumble, they had a false start on the draw, on that play before, and then Jalen Hurts fumbled the very next play after the, 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 the false start. But other than that, I don't really think there were a lot of times the flags were flying throughout the field. Again, I could be completely wrong because I, I can't really remember the last, like, what big flags happened. Apart from one, there's one that I can vividly remember about um, what could have potentially changed the entire outcome of the game. One of the most, like, okay, there's an old saying in football. There's holding on every single play, if you want to call it. Every single play, if you want to call it. But when they say that, they do not mean throw a flag with a minute 30 left in the game on one of the weakest holding calls I've ever seen. And I don't care. I really don't give a rat's ass if James Bradbury's like, yeah, I held him. Because the Eagles, they, I wish they could have been like Nick Sirianni. Like Nick Sirianni's personality is like very rambunctious, a very look-at-me type guy from all things that from the outside. I'm not an Eagles fan. I don't know about what the Eagles like media looks at him like. I don't know. But they could have been petty as hell. James Bradbury went after the game, took the high road. Because what can you do? At that point, what can you really do? Can you go, man, that's a bullshit call. Oh, man, we got screwed. Yada, yada, yada. James Bradbury's been in the league forever. Or not forever, but he's been in the league a while. He's not going to do that. He's an older guy. He's bald as hell. He's not really going to sit there and blast the NFL for that. So he just took the high road. So there's a hold. And there's people posting screenshots 
of the quote-unquote holding call on social media. Yeah, if you paused every single frame of every single NFL game, you would see a holding call. It happens all the time. That saying has been around for longer than I can remember. There's holding on every play. It's just a matter of fact if they call it or if it's egregious enough. But you damn sure do not call it in that situation. Like, I, I saw Brady after the game, so I texted him after the game because I was like, congrats on the Super Bowl, bullshit call, but congrats. Because it is. It's a bullshit call. But Brady was like, I'm coming over. Him and his, girl, him and his girlfriend came over with the dog after they were at his parents' house again. I would be doing the same thing. I'd be at my parents' house watching the Bills game with my dad. And they come over, and Brady, I'm in the bathroom, and I hear the door open, and Brady just yells, where's Logan? <laughs> bullshit call my ass. And he tried to tell me that they turned the receiver. He literally tried to tell me with a straight face. Now a little inebriated, a little inebriated at the time. Tried to tell me with a straight face. He turned him. Oh, he did. Oh, he turned him. <laughs> There's not even a moment in the play where you can see a jersey getting pulled. <laughs> Let alone did he turn him. Not to mention the ball was 10 yards overthrown. Not to mention it was third down, so they were going to kick a field goal regardless. Like when they threw the flag, I was like, okay, sure, let's see the replay. I wasn't surprised. My first inclination was like, oh, they called roughing the passer. I didn't see Mahomes get hit, but I was like, oh, maybe they came in really late and hit him low or something like that. And I'd be like, yeah, there's a penalty. And then they showed the replay. And for someone that's been around football and played football my entire life, studied football my entire life, watched a shit ton of film my entire life, that is one of the weakest pass interference calls of all time. And I'd like to preface it with this. I, I say preface. I'm already done talking about it, essentially. But I'd like to say this. Like, you look at that play, and everybody's freaking out about it on Twitter. And I freaked out about it. I, I freaked out about it. I was pissed. I hate the Chiefs. I hate, I'm not afraid to admit it. Again, I'm from Iowa. I live in the Midwest. I went to William Penn with a lot of Chiefs people, a lot of people from Missouri. To put on that, the Bills and Chiefs, Josh Allen versus Mahomes, is one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL right now. So it, like, tripled it from what I already had, and then the Chiefs win a Super Bowl off that, and then my mind goes, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Like, my friend Andrew was there. He said, man, you can't ever pack, count on Patrick Mahomes. And I agree with that. I agree 100%. But at that time, <laughs> I was not in that mindset. I was like, yeah, I agree with that. I sat there. I was like, dude, we're not doing that right now. We're not doing that right now. I'm not listening to that at this moment in time and saying, yes, Patrick Mahomes is awesome. I'm not doing that. He is, but I'm not doing that at that time. And you can understand my frustration. At least, I, I don't know. Like, if, it, if this was a different, if this was the Bengals-Eagles, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. Because the Bengals kicked the other shit out of the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. Absolute shit. Worst game of the year. By far. Terrible game. And Bills beat the Chiefs in the regular season. Still yet to beat them in the playoffs. But they beat them in the regular season. So, like, that rivalry is like, you look at the past few games for the Bills-Chiefs. Chiefs beat them in the playoffs. Bills beat the regular season. Chiefs beat them in the playoffs. Bills regular season. And they didn't meet this year in the playoffs. So, it's like back and forth, back and forth. Chiefs just happen to be winning the more, way more meaningful game <laughs> than, the, than the Bills do. But it's still been going back and forth. You got Alan Mahomes, who are widely considered the top two guys in the league, coming together. And then you see that happen as someone that's a Bills fan, someone that's from Iowa. And you see that, my brain just goes, oh my, OMFG, man. Pissed. And then as you sit back and kind of like reflect on it, like your initial reaction is not always the, the correct reaction to what was said or what happened or the situation. Like, my mindset when it first happened, like, the instant it happened, it's like, oh, my God, the Eagles got screwed. And to a certain extent, they did. And to a certain extent, they did. 
and the reason I'm saying to a certain extent is because, yes, the Eagles, like that game did, that play ultimately won the game for the Chiefs, ultimately. And the reason why it ultimately won the game is because that allowed the Chiefs to drain the clock down. Jarek McKinnon, I will give you a round of applause, Jarek. That is a IQ of a thousand. Like, we're going like Among Us, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram meme here. Like, a thousand IQ play by Jarek McKinnon sliding down to the one-yard lane. The Eagles just gave up. Eagles were just going to let him score. And Jarek McKinnon, smartly. This is why he got the C on his jersey for the playoffs. This is why he helped me win a fantasy championship this year. Just dove down to the one-yard line. Like, that is an insanely smart play. Like, you get a chance to score a touchdown in a Super Bowl, a place where you've never played before because you had the privilege of playing for the Vikings. You never had the chance to be there. And you have a chance to walk into the end zone. To do that is insanely selfless. So, again, I give him a, I give him a round of applause for that. I already love Jared McKinnon. Again, he won me a fantasy championship game this year. So, I, I've got to give my respect to him, even though he plays for the Chiefs. But that allowed them to run the clock down. That game went from a minute 40 to a, a, to six seconds like that. I guess it was like 10 seconds when the Chiefs finally scored the field goal and six seconds once the Eagles got the ball back. And why that was big? Because, yeah, there's a chance. There's probably a very good chance with how the Chiefs kept driving down the field, with how they scored in every single drive, how the Eagles defense couldn't really stop them. They had 19 plays the first two drives of the second half, 21 in the entire first half in general. To go from that to say, oh, the Eagles would have won that game. I don't think that's true. I think the Eagles, I would love to see the Eagles have a chance, though. You tell me there's a diff, There's not a difference between six seconds and a minute 40? We might go a minute 30, whatever. It doesn't matter. The, the Chiefs were kicking a field goal on that play anyways. It was third down. That penalty came at the exact worst time of the game. They let them play the entire freaking time. And then that's where you throw the flag on that penalty, on that play, where there's no hold, <laughs> let alone there's holding on every play. Like, okay, he touched him. Oh, no. We're going to call that there? Really? We're going to really call that there. So there's a big difference in that. That game, that penalty decided the game, even though, again, the Chiefs probably was still won the game. But I would at least like to have that situation of where we get to see what happens, and potentially the Eagles go down the field, kick a field goal, or the Chiefs, the Eagles go down the field, score a touchdown, or we get the field goal, and then we go to overtime, the Chiefs win there, the Eagles win there. Like, I just wanted that. That's what I wanted. With how the game was going and how exciting of a game it was, or how high scoring it was, to end it like that just made it so sour. And I, if, if it went to overtime and the Chiefs won, I wouldn't even cared. Like, fair play. Like, there's a point where I can get to where it doesn't matter how much I hate your team or hate some of the players you have or your fans or whatever, and go like, okay, yeah, you were the better team. You came back and played in a massive way. You have the best quarterback in the league, fresh off an MVP appearance. Yeah, good job. But then like that, it like reamplifies every single issue that you have with said team, player, fans, whatever. And like reamplifies it to a freaking thousand. And then when you know, right after that, you got to see your inebriated friend right after the game. <laughs> it's just like amplifies it to freaking a thousand. And then what makes it even freaking worse was the throw Jalen Hurts had. I know he slipped. Like Jalen Hurts could throw farther than four yards. That just made it so much more anticlimactic. It was like, oh man, we had a chance for something special. 
Like, it would have been so funny to see the Eagles win on a Hail Mary after that penalty. That would have been so funny. But, like, how great that game was, no one's going to be talking about the game. No one's going to be talking about how great that Super Bowl was. They're going to be talking about, did you see the penalty? Did you see the penalty? Did you see the penalty? NFL script, NFL's rigged, whatever. Did you see it? And I don't think the NFL's rigged. I think it was just a terrible-ass call at a terrible-ass time in the game, especially in a game where you weren't throwing any flags the entire freaking time. Like, if they were throwing flags the entire time, we had a decent, like, idea of what they were looking for with different penalties, then, yeah, I would understand. Like, oh, okay, they've been calling it that way the entire time. Like, if there's a bad call or a weak call, then you can go back to early on in the game and go, oh, okay, they called it that. They didn't call that the entire time. They never called that. At least that I can remember. Maybe they did, and I'm just completely blanking on it, but they never, to my knowledge, called a play like that the entire Super Bowl. It just happened to happen in the last minute 30 of the biggest game of the year. I'm not going to go on the limb and say biggest game of the world because it's not. I Like, that's just stupid. Like, people calling them, oh, the Chiefs are the world champs. I mean, technically, I guess, because they would beat everybody else in football and around the world, but, but no one else in the world really plays it. I mean, we got, like, the, like teams in Germany. Like, different countries have different American rules. Well, like, even Canadian football to a certain extent, even though it's different rules, different field parameters and all that stuff. So I guess technically you're world champs, but... <laughs> It's just, it's just, it just sits weird. And the thing is, no one that's a Kansas City Chiefs fan gives a rat's ass about what you, what I, or what anybody else has to say about that call. Because guess what? They won the Super Bowl. I could guarantee you this. If that was the Bills in that situation, no one could talk to me for at least a year. Not a single person could chat shit to me for a year. Like, I would be on cloud nine. The entire time, it's like, who gives a rat's ass? Cry about it. Like, I am, I understand exactly where every single Chiefs fan will come from with the Super Bowl because I'd be the same way. Cry about it. My team won a Super Bowl. You told me my entire life this team sucked ass and now I've won two Super Bowls in five years. You suck. That's what I'm going to say to you if, I, if I'm in that situation. Like, if the Bills won two Super Bowls in five years, that's what's going to happen. And it's just... It's just so frustrating that that's how it ended. And I keep saying that because it just sits weird with me. It just sits so weird with me. Like, that was a great game. That was a great, great game. And that's how it ended. Like, a lot of great players, a lot of great moments in the game. But you just can't end a game like that. I'm watching the play right now. Like, where the hell are you calling that? It didn't push him off any route. He didn't hold him back. Juju Smith-Schuster was two yards in front of Bradbury once the ball got thrown. So it's like, what are you even looking at? And then, like, if you want to, like, Mahomes won an MVP for the Super Bowl. One regular season MVP, one Super Bowl MVP. Mahomes was not the best player in that game. Mahomes is not the best player in this game. It's kind of like going back to the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl and, like, you just have to give it to somebody. So Julian Edelman won it. But Julian Edelman, like, no one looks at that game and goes, oh, I the Julian Edelman game. Oh, my God. But Patrick Mahomes, all of his touchdowns were wide open. It would have been more impressive if he missed the throw versus if he actually completed the pass, and he completed all of them. Like, he had 182 yards, three touchdowns. Was three touchdowns impressive in a Super Bowl? And he had 44 yards rushing, but 182 yards? Like, most of those yards were picked up in one play for rushing. It's like, I know they're not going to do it, but I think the best player on the Chiefs in this game was Pacheco. If I'm being honest, like, if I if I look at the Kansas City Chiefs players, like, on offense, because they're going to give it to some offensive guy, because you can't give it to anybody on defense. I mean, you allow 35 points. You can't go, ah, oh, here's a defensive MVP for the Super Bowl. 
I thought Pacheco was the best player on the Chiefs for this game. I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's other people. Maybe Chiefs fans view it differently. But I think Pacheco was the best player. You could give it to Nick Bolton. Hell, I mean, he got the touchdown. He led the team in tackles and got a touchdown on the fumble recovery. Fumble six. Like, Pacheco runs hard. I, I love Pacheco. I really like I really like Isaiah Pacheco. That dude's really good. And got him in the seventh round. Seventh round draft pick. Really freaking good player. But the MVP of the game is Jalen Hurts. Apart from the fumble, dude played a damn near perfect game. They had a very, very good game. Like, he had a touchdown passing and had three rushing touchdowns. Again, he holds the NFL record. Now holds the NFL record for yards rushing in a game and touchdown rushing touchdowns in a game for a quarterback in Super Bowl history. 57 Super Bowls. It just so happened that the fumble happened at a very key point of the game. And uh, or it didn't. I guess it didn't. Well, maybe it could have. Maybe it did. Maybe the Chiefs, maybe the Eagles just run, run out the clock and like dominate the rest of this first half and then see out the rest of the game. And But Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field that day. Or that day, tonight. <laughs> he, was the be- he was the best player on the field. I, I don't think there's a lot of Chiefs fans that really disagree with me. I like Mahomes is going to be the catalyst. I mean, he's the he's starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's won two MVPs. He's now won two Super Bowl MVPs. He's one of very few players to ever win two Super Bowl MVPs and two Super Bowls. Like he's very, he's very, very rare air right now. Patrick Mahomes is, but he wasn't the best player on the field. I don't even think he was the best player on the Chiefs. But it's going to be hard for the NFL to go out and go, "Hey, Jalen, you won MVP of the Super Bowl." It's happened once. It's happened once. I don't remember who it was. It was on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, last losing player to win Super Bowl MVP. Player to lose. To lose. Super Bowl. Okay, we're just going to search MVP. He was on the Cowboys. Losing team award. Okay, of course. Chuck Howley. Chuck Howley. I know a lot of people really know this guy. He's a Pro Football Hall of Famer, though. But it was Super Bowl MVP and Super Bowl five, and they lost the Colts 16-13. Like, it's the only time in NFL history that's ever happened. And I wouldn't have been too upset if they did it here. But that being said, completely different time. This Super Bowl was all the way back in 1971. My dad wasn't even born at this point. It was January 17th, 1971. My dad was born January 31st, 1971. So my dad wasn't even born. This is 52 years ago. So yeah, it's a different time. I understand that. But like, you've got, like, I, I would have given to Jalen Hurts regardless. I think he deserved it. But again, I don't think Mahomes was, it's not even saying like Mahomes was bad. I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying Mahomes was bad or anything. But I think it's a little like, we're trying to accelerate your legacy type thing by giving you MVP here because he's, he wasn't the best player on the field. And that means now you look at Mahomes' career as a whole to this point, two Super Bowls, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, three Super Bowl appearances, five AFC championship games, five Pro Bowls, three All-Pros, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, 12-plus wins every season as a starter. The five seasons as a starter. And the another thing I was kind of like not looking forward to for tomorrow or Monday when this happens – Mahomes is the first QB in NFL in in lead to first QB to lead league in passing yards and win the Super Bowl in the same season. It took fifty seven years for someone to do it. Yeah, it's I'm not ready for Mahomes the goat. I'm not ready for that because it's so premature. Again, I talked about this last last Wednesday. They we literally went from in the span of a week from Mahomes Burrow being better than Mahomes if the Bengals beat the Chiefs to now Mahomes is in the conversation with the greatest quarterback of all time like that. It took a week. And we're having that conversation. And now it's going to be accelerated because now he's actually won the Super Bowl. Like I saw, I think it was Maurice Jones-Drew on NFL Network say crown him. 
before the game. Crown him. Like, really? I was having a conversation with Andrew and Jared a few months ago. Talk about who could be the GOAT after Brady. I said Mahomes, and I don't. he was like, I don't know when that's going to be, but I think he could definitely be there. Andrew's like, I don't think anybody will pass Brady. I was like, I think, well, Mahomes, if you want to be technical, is more, like, gifted than Tom Brady. Like, there's some things Mahomes could do that Tom Brady just can't. He can't, Brady could never move like Mahomes. Brady wasn't like, there were points in his career where he could kind of move, but he wasn't, like, moving around like Mahomes. But no, we're not ready to sit here. And like, there's a difference between talented, like being the most talented and being the greatest of all time. There's other things that imply to that. And I know Mahomes' playoff stats, his Super Bowl stats, he's got two second-half comeback wins in Super Bowl history. And the two Super Bowls he's done, I think he's the only one to ever do that or something like that. There are multiple Super Bowl comebacks in the second half or something like that against two top defense in the league or when it happened. Like, you know those NFL stats are like super vague and like su- – like, the only quarterback in NFL history to complete 16 of 24 passes with 350 yards passing and two touchdowns with no interceptions and three fumbles. I don't know. It's like something like that. Like it was it's oddly specific. You're like, what the hell is that even? Is that, is that a stat you should be like looking at and go, wow. But you know what's going to happen? Like it's, it's already happened. CBS Sports has already started with Brady, Montana, and Mahomes. Like I said last week, or whenever we talked about Mahomes being considered all the GOATs conversation, I said I'm perfectly fine putting him top five. I think he's number four right now. I think he's number four. I think he passed Elway. I mean, Elway lost his first three Super Bowls in embarrassing fashion and then won two his last two years in the league, beat the Packers and the Falcons. And the last one, the Falcons should have been the one with, against the Vikings with like Randall Cunningham and all those guys with the missed field goal, who never missed a field goal the entire year and missed once a playoffs. Like, I think Mahomes passed Elway. I think Mahomes passed Elway. Like, two Super Bowls in five years, been to three. Elway went to three in his first however many years in the league. I think first, drafted 83, first six years in the league, 83 to 89. He had a, went to three Super Bowls, lost all of them. Dominating, again, dominating fashion losses. Emma Holmes won two of them in three years, or th- two and three out of his attempts. So, yeah, I think he's number four. I think he's number four. But, it, again, it's going to take something for me to go – yeah, he's gonna have to pass. He's gonna to pass Brady, Montana, and Manning. Like Manning's on the doorstep. He's knocking on the door of Manning, but he's not getting to Brady and Montana. I don't care. Like I've said this before, and until he passes Montana, he will not be the greatest quarterback to ever play for the Chiefs. He's the greatest quarterback in Chiefs history, but not greatest quarterback to play for the Chiefs. Until he passes Montana, then we'll be talking about a different conversation about he being the greatest quarterback to play for the Chiefs and the greatest quarterback in Chiefs history. Again, those are two two different things. But I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it. Like, I I scroll Twitter right now. We're talking about Mahomes' legacy. legacy. And again, I think there's a chance he becomes the GOAT. I think there's a very strong chance he becomes the GOAT when it's all said and done. But it's, he's in year, what? He's in year six? Got drafted in 2017? He's in year six right now? I understand he's done a lot in a short period of time, but... Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes, he's guaranteed Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer. It's not even a question. What he's done right now, he can retire tomorrow or today or whenever, and he's a Hall of Famer. No question about it. Greatest of all time, though, is where I have to draw the line a little bit. That's the old, That's what I have to do to, to draw the line. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes down. I think it's way too early to start talking about GOAT conversation. Like, it took Brady to, I think it was the Falcons Super Bowl, and then we were like, oh, now Brady's the GOAT. Brady was probably the GOAT 
all the way up until that point. Like, dude, won, uh, he won three Super Bowls in his first, what, four years as a starter? So he won the first one against the Rams, missed the playoffs the next year, went 9-7. and seven, And then he beat the Panthers and Eagles. Maybe there was one other year in there, but, like, he had the same, similar trajectory there. And then, of course, lost to the Giants back-to-back and then beat the Falcons, lost to the Eagles, and then or lost to the Eagles, beat the Falcons, and then uh, beat the Rams and then, you know, all that stuff. And Brady beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I understand the Chiefs didn't have any offensive linemen in that game, so it was a little bit, it's like cut and dry. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, Mahomes is the reason for that loss or anything, but there are people out there that's like, oh, well, Brady did beat Mahomes head-to-head in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs, so I'm not ready to go down that route yet. I'm really not ready to go down that route of Mahomes the goat, Mahomes this, Mahomes that. I I I think Mahomes is awesome. I think he's really awesome. I think he's by far, uh, by far. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I don't even know why I was questioning that. I was uh, my bias was trying to sneak through there. He's by far the best quarterback in the NFL, by far. Like he's just in a league of his own. Like there was a tweet I just saw a little bit ago. Uh, it was from Bleacher Report, which Bleacher Report take their opinions as you can. But Mahomes is in the league of his own. And it's got a table of Mahomes, Allen, and Bur- uh, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Lamar. Lamar's the only one at this point in time that can hold anything to Mahomes. Lamar's got an MVP. Unanimous MVP. And some people were arguing Mahomes should have won any, a unanimous MVP this year. I don't think he should have. And he didn't. But Lamar was the only other player to win a unanimous MVP. Two of them in NFL history. I bring that up all the time because I think it's important when people talk start bashing Lamar for no particular reason. And Burrow's got an AFC Championship game. Josh got regular season wins over Burrow, Mahomes. And Mahomes is sitting there with two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, two MVPs, five straight AFC Championship game. Host is hosting five straight AFC Championship games, beating Burrow and Allen in two of those. An AFC Championship game, he beat Allen another time and lost to Burrow another time. But yeah, Mahomes is the best. I think that, that I think there's things like I'm gonna like. Here, I'll, I'll be a little biased here. I'll be a little biased. I think there's a lot of things that Allen can do that Mahomes can't. Like, Mahomes ain't jumping over anybody. Mahomes is not stiff-arming a linebacker. Like, there's just things Allen can do that Mahomes can't. I think we're talking about, like, talent, gifted with, like, size, all that stuff. I think Allen is the most talented quarterback in the NFL, but he does things that are like, what are you doing? I think if Allen puts everything together, he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but we haven't seen that yet. We haven't even come close to seeing that yet. Like, there's times he's outplayed Mahomes and the times he's played them. Look at the past, what, three times the Bills and Chiefs have played, he's outplayed them, outplayed Mahomes in all of those games. Regular season, two regular season wins and a playoff loss, he outplayed Mahomes those three times. So I think there's a, an argument to be had, but it's not really, like, compelling. A lot of people aren't going to listen to it. Like, Mahomes is the best. I'm going to keep saying that because I feel like it's going to get clipped up and go like, oh, you said this about Allen. Yeah, I agree. I think he is. Because I don't think there's things Allen is doing that Mahomes can't. But there's also things Mahomes is doing that Allen can't, like winning a Super Bowl, winning MVP and stuff like that. Like, Allen was responsible for 84% of the Bills' touchdowns this year. 84, Mahomes was 76. So I think if you're talking about, like, most valuable to their team, Josh Allen's more valuable to the Bills than Mahomes is to the Chiefs. If that makes sense. If that makes sense. I don't think either franchise would trade the other for the other. I don't think anybody would. There might be some Bills fans that would trade Allen for Mahomes. There ain't no Chiefs fans that would trade Mahomes for Allen. 
And you can take that as you want, however you want. I don't really care how you take that one. That doesn't matter to me. Because that, that a, lot, a lot of that goes to loyalty and stuff like that. And some people just get, you know, Allen forces a football in there. And he's getting off-season, he's getting, sur- or not surgery, but he's rehabbing his elbow. Because there was a report today that Allen's going to go go and take some time to get better this off-season because his elbow injury was, unsurprisingly, a lot worse than what they gave off. And it affected a lot of things the Bills did this year. He didn't get surgery, didn't sit out a single week. But, um, yeah. And what's this one? Yeah. Oh, that, that, well, we're on the top of the Bills. This is like watching the Kansas City Chiefs stop. Like, I know they went on defense this year in the draft, but, like, look at their go, – go get some old linemen. There was one – last offseason, the Chiefs went all in off to linemen. Now a lot of them are free agents, but, hey, go in and off to linemen. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. So I focus on defense. The Bills have drafted <laughs> one offensive player in the first round since Bean took over, and that was Josh Allen. They've taken six in rounds two and three, or like rounds one, two, and three since Bean's been here. Three of them been running backs. <laughs> so it's like, okay, let's let's stop with the running back thing and let's go another direction here. But yeah, what, what else do we have here? Removal of top five receiver. This is from Bucky Brooks. The removal of a top five receiver helped Patrick Mahomes become a better player because he was forced to master quote-unquote small ball and expand his game. Now that he has one utilizing a quote-unquote dink and dunk approach with more pass catchers getting touches, the game will only get easier for number 15. Brady said the same thing. I've talked to Brady about this, like not having Tyreek Hill, not having that main guy can help expand a game. I, I don't think the Chiefs have done dink and dunk. And I Andrew said this while we were watching the game today. How the hell does Tyreek, Travis Kelsey get so wide open? I don't know. I don't think Travis Kelsey runs routes, Andy Reid and Biennemi tell him to. I think Travis Kelsey runs his own routes and finds a gap in the defense. I think that's what he does. Like, you're watching his route, there's no conventional route Travis Kelsey does, and he's always open. He's always open. And I don't think dunk, dink and dunk is the right word to use, but it did help, like, there's more people getting the ball. There's more people eating at the table, if that makes sense. It's not one one or two guys taking up the entire thing. Like, you look at the Chiefs' offense. Sky Moore, Juju, Kadarius Toney, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, McCole Hardman when he's there. Like, when it was Tyreek Hill, it was Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Kelsey's still there, but you've got other people around, and then you got an actually decent running game. Like, could you imagine the Chiefs drafted Jonathan Taylor instead of Clyde Jolaire? Or even DeAndre Swift instead of Clyde Jolaire in that first round? Now, some people say, well, they wouldn't have Pacheco <laughs> at that point. But... Yeah, those two, both guys are way better than Clyde Lair. Both of them. Not even close. Like, could you imagine that? Like, if they drafted Jonathan Taylor instead of Clyde Lair with that 32nd pick in the 2020 draft? Could you believe that? Could you understand how crazy that would be? Like, the Vikings gifted, getting gifted Justin Jefferson? And Clyde I like was a baller at LSU. It's not like they completely reached. Like, the Seahawks, they reached on Rashad Penny when they drafted him in 2018. Like Rashad Penny was, like, that was a shocker. When he went the first round. It wasn't a shocker where Clyde Hilaire went the first round, especially when he looked up the Chiefs offense was, but I'm sure, look at Jonathan Taylor, it'd be pretty cool and see his overall skill set with his ability to pass, catch, catch the ball out of the backfield. They would love to have Jonathan Taylor now, but I think they're going to be fine with Isaiah Pacheco. That dude looks really good. Again, I think he was the best player on the field for the Chiefs today, for offensive reasons. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Like the Super Bowl, I, the Super Bowl was great. It was a really good Super Bowl. It's just a shame that it's going to be looked at through the eyes of that penalty. And as a, a hater of the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to look at it through that lens a lot. And no Chiefs fans are going to listen to me because, again, they won the Super Bowl. And they don't need to listen to me. 
They don't listen to me. Like it's like I'm talking to a freaking wall, and that's how it should be. Again, if I won a Super Bowl, and controversial circumstances, because again, it's controversial because the Eagles didn't get a chance. But it's not controversial like, oh, that's, you know, it's it's what I just wish the Eagles got a chance. That's what I what I would. And you know, there's going to be some Chiefs fans on Twitter who's like, well, maybe we should change the four four quarter rules too now. Because remember in the playoffs last year, we talking about Josh Allen to get touch the ball. But the Bills did not request to change the rules. That was the, like the Titans, Colts, and the, uh, one other team. But man, what else do we have on Twitter? I gotta see, I gotta see all the other stuff on the on Twitter about this this game. Let's just search, let's search Patrick Mahomes. I want to see what people on Twitter, the like minded people on Twitter, in the latest category say about Patrick Mahomes. Thank you, hashtag Wisconsin Chief at Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes got the Lombardi Trophy and WWE belt. Fair. He's got a tattoo on his leg. I did not know that. Oh, and Mahomes getting his ankle hurt again? Not that. That was, uh, he looked in pain. He looked in pain. But, uh, where else? Tyreek L. Trade. Oh, yeah, of course. New poster boy for the NFL. Now Brady's gone. Ed's a Dolphins fan. Well, I mean, Mahomes has been the poster boy of the NFL for like the past however many years now. (laughs) There's nothing really else on Twitter that's getting said right now. This is the cutest shit I've ever seen. What was that? Oh, what? Oh, it's just Mahomes holding the trophy again. Is that how many likes did that t- post have already? What? Oh, it's not that Pat. That's from the NFL Twitter. How much Mahomes? Oh, Mahomes post almost has twenty thousand likes. That was twelve minutes ago. And you guys are. It's new. It's midnight right now. So you guys are gonna see more of those tweets uh, as the day goes on. But if you didn't already believe it, tonight sealed it. First ballot, even when he retires right now. I think it was even before that. I think he was a first ballot Hall of Famer before he retired. Before tonight, I think. Like, you go to five straight AFC Championship games, hosting all of them, winning a Super Bowl, going to three, like, I think he is. I think he is. I'm, I'm Speaking of first ballot Hall of Famers, I'm really happy Darrell Reeves is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Really happy. And that's a Jets player. But Darrell Reeves was uber dominant in his time. And I, I've seen all these, like, NFL, like, uh, uh, official Mahomes jersey swap things, which I think are always funny. I think it's funny. Oh, yeah, now we're posting the screenshots again. Now we're posting the screenshots of, because, uh, <laughs> again, if you pause anything in a football game, you're going to find a holding call. You're going to find a holding call. You don't. It doesn't show you how long it was. <laughs> it's like, stop. <laughs> Just stop posting it. A screenshot of it. Because you can watch the video. You can watch the video. You don't need to post a screenshot. There's pretty videos all over Twitter about it. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, congrats to the Chiefs on winning the Super Bowl. As much as I hate them. As much as uh, I, don't, I, I do not like Brady. <laughs> Congrats on the Super Bowl. I had to get Brady shit after the game. I had to. Because I, I know, again, he's, he was inebriated. I, he's not going to talk to me. I, uh, he's not going to be. <laughs> Mom's out here about to win a second ring on a bad angle. My quarterback in a cabin with no power somewhere smoking crack. <laughs> is that a Packers fan? Yes, it is. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers with his uh, midnight retreat or his all, all darkness retreat or something like that. Goodness. Man, Super Bowls are fun. Regardless if you don't like the teams involved or hate the teams involved, they're always fun. Jimmy Gar- Patrick Mahomes now tied Jimmy Garoppolo for most rings and current NFL quarterback with two. Nice. <laughs> More than Rodgers. More than Rodgers. So, yeah, but before we end today's show, I again, I didn't even th- I wasn't really expecting to record anything today. I was going to wait till Wednesday, but I kept sitting down. I was laying on my bed. Like lights on and everything. I was just laying there looking at my phone. Because I just got back from my parents' house. I had to go see my parents because, you know, they watched it. My dad also very highly ranked in regards to the Chiefs hater community. So I've got to, I've got to discuss with my fellow haters. And, 
you know, like, I want to go say it. So I went there, talked to them for a little bit, then came back here, laid on the bed, looked at Twitter, and I was like, okay, now I got to do something about it. Melvin Gordon posted with the trophy. Hell yeah, Melvin. Hell yeah, Melvin. I saw Melvin on the sideline. I kind of forgot he was a Chiefs player. And then I saw like post on earlier this week about, uh, um, what do you call it? About him talking about being in the practice squad. And I saw him on the sideline. I was like, oh my God, that's Melvin. Someone said uh, the first 58 minutes of this game was Game of Thrones seasons one through seven, and the final two minutes was season eight. <laughs> Personally, I didn't think season eight was that bad. I think that got overhated. I can understand why people didn't like it, but I think it got a lot more hate than what it probably deserved. Granted, I've only seen it once, and I watched it all during the summer. Up at UNI, we were, uh, Steven and I stayed up at UNI for a summer. We took some classes to try and catch up on credits because we both transferred. And uh, we just sat there. We were like, oh, we never watched Game of Thrones. Let's watch it here. But it is a damn. It is, it is a shame that that's how, like, myself and a lot of people out there are going to be like, man, that was just leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. Leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. But NFL Honors was this weekend, and uh, no real surprises on anything, to me anyways. So the winners – hold on, i got to figure out how I can pull this up. NFL Honors, 12th annual. There we go. So we got uh, Patrick Mahomes winning MVP, obviously. Uh, we said that going in. Josh Allen came third. It went exactly how I thought it would for the MVP race, actually. I said it would go, uh, at least I, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, I said Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, Burrow, Jefferson. And Justin Fields even got votes in that, too. Uh, first place, though, was just uh, Mahomes and Burrow. Or Mahomes got 48, Hurts got one, and Allen got one. Uh, coach of the year, Brian Dable. Yeah, we had that one. Assistant coach of the year, D'Amico Ryans. Yep, had that one. Offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. Yep, had that one. Defensive player of the year, Nick Bosey. I had that one. The only thing that was surprising there was Michael Parsons to get a single first place vote. That was the only surprising thing about that. Uh, rookie of the year. Oh, that's not that. Rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. That one I said should happen. I said should happen, but I went with Purdy. Because you look at Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson got over 1,000 yards receiving with no quarterback, essentially. To go from four different quarterbacks. You can count Chris Trevler because he didn't play in a few games this year. You have to like you have to give him his flowers. And Purdy just didn't play long enough. I I went on the fact like you look at what was expected of him at the start of the season, not expected to see the field at all and go eight and zero and then go to the AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game. Sorry, like there was going to be a lot of people that were liking that, but I think what Garrett Wilson did was more impressive given that you look at the situation he was. You look at the players around Wilson versus the players around Purdy. It made sense. We ended up I think we ended up going with Purdy, but said Wilson deserved it. Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Gardner, yeah. Comeback Player of the Year, Geno Smith, yeah. Uh, do we have anything else, really, that was on here that we predicted? No. I think that's all we predicted. Oh, in the Hall of Fame class, Darrell Rios, DeMarcus Ware, Joe Thomas, Rondé Barber, Zach Thomas, uh, Ken Riley, Chuck Howley. Who? Oh! oh <laughs> Chuck Howley! I didn't, know that was the, I didn't know he got inducted to the Hall of Fame. I didn't see that. We just brought him up. That's why I was like, I didn't know he was a Hall of Famer. Because he was voted in this weekend. I didn't know that. Uh, Don Coriel and uh, Dan <laughs> Joe Klecko. That's actually really funny. That's actually really funny. I did not know that. I didn't know I didn't know Chuck Halley. I did not think of the name Chuck Halley did not register with me until right now. Because I was telling people tonight, I was like, there was a guy on the Cowboys that won a Super Bowl MVP and lost, but I couldn't remember his name. And then now he's here. <laughs> he's on his Hall of Famer. So congrats, Chuck Halley. Good shit. Good shit. But uh, Darrell Revis, yeah, Hall of Famer. Like, all these guys. I think it's a good Hall of Fame class. Like, Joe Thomas, awesome. Rondé Barber, awesome. A little late for Rondé Barber, but I'm glad he got it. Zach Thomas was really good on the Dolphins. Like, I'm getting to the age now with a lot of players where I watched growing up are now making it. And it's kind of depressing. Like, I'm, I'm a quarter century old. I'm 25. 
my life's pretty much over at this point. I'm an old, decrepit 25-year-old. Now all the players that I watched growing up are now retiring. Not only retiring, I've been out of the league for five years. And I'll make it to the freaking Hall of Fame. It's just upsetting. Uh, Next-gen stats, moment of the year, Justin Jefferson's catch against the Bills. I think game of the year was Bills Bang or Bills Vikings, which is freaking awesome. You know, it had to be. Bills cannot be in a game of the year and win. That's kind of the anti-Buffalo Bills nowadays. Uh, is that all I've really got for you? I think that's all I've kind of got. I don't think I have anything more. With tonight's win, Patrick Mahomes now has more Super Bowl career wins than Super Bowl career titles than Rob Johnson. Hell yeah, Bills legend Rob Johnson making an appearance on here. Let's freaking go. Let's go, Rob Johnson. Robo sack. Let's freaking go. I think that's all I've got. I really, I think that's all I've got. So I'm scrolling Twitter just to make sure I've got everything intact. I've got all my, I've covered all my bases. Just making sure. Matt Nagy's a Super Bowl champion. He's a coach on the Chiefs now again. Uh, what else do we have? It's not the Chiefs' fault. The refs made that call, made that laughable call, and they may have won anyways. Congrats to them. But there's a poor way for an otherwise great game. Them. Yep. That's how we'll end it. That's how we'll end it. Like, 58 minutes. Great Super Bowl. Two minutes. Sucked ass. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? Congrats to the Chiefs. Congrats to Mahomes. Top four NFL quarterback. Uh, top four quarterback in NFL history. Not GOAT yet. Could happen. Probably will happen. But not yet. I'm not ready for that. Mentally and physically, I'm not ready for that. So that's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode that I don't, I wasn't expecting. I don't know if you were expecting, but uh, yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave a rating on the five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure to subscribe as well and follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. And I will see you all later. Peace.